electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Money starts right now on the biggest night of earnings for the quarter. Our traders on the desk are Pete Najarian, Tim Seymour, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. It is tech's big time to shine, and we are all over the after-hours action. Check out Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, and Intel all on the move higher. And we've got full team coverage as these conference calls get underway. Josh Lipton is on Alphabet. That call starting right now. Jackie D'Angelo is gearing up for Amazon, which starts in 30 minutes. John Ford back at headquarters of Microsoft. Dom Chu is here at the NASDAQ listening to Intel. Plus, Fast Money favorites, Rich Ross standing by, ready for instant reaction on the charts. Tech guru Gene Munster of Loop Ventures is standing by for us as well, covering both Alphabet and Amazon. You can see him there on his red iPhone listening to those calls. We start off with Tech Nirvana, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft all jumping on their earnings report after hours. Alphabet and Microsoft both hitting all-time highs in the after-hours session. Some impressive moves for stocks that have had huge runs this year. So do you just keep betting on tech? Pete. Yes, uh, and I, it's easy to me because of the fact that we, go, we went into this and we talked about the fundamentals. Last night we were talking about that. We also focused on growth. Well, if you listen to the earnings calls, almost across the board, everybody has incredible growth. I mean, I'm mostly focused on Microsoft. I have a large position mm-hmm. on there. I also have something in Intel. So those are the two I care about most. But I look at those numbers, Mel, and when I look at Microsoft and I see the commercial cloud and the growth that they've got there, this is something that Satya Nadella put out there the day he came on board as a CEO, and he's executed every single quarter. And this quarter was no different. And the fact that that stock actually is making new highs is not shocking, and I think there's plenty of room to the upside. This could have been a reason to sell. To sell the news. In terms of what we just saw now and what will happen tomorrow? In terms of, no, in terms of the stocks run up into these earnings. It sounds like like you may have a view on tomorrow. No, I I don't actually have have a view (laughs) on this. The the headline one that was the most impressive, (laughs) I think, is Amazon. We can talk about that later. But the one to me that stands out in terms of what it did technically and where it is now and valuation is Google, Alphabet, whatever you want to call it, beat on EPS, beat on revenue, Valuation to me at 25 times forward earnings is reasonable. Held 930 all through the summer. We talked about that a number of times. And if we're to open here, it would be an all, I believe it would be an all time high. So you got to go back and look. Back in May, we basically topped out about 1,010, give or take. I mean, we're right there now, and I think it's is the next plateau for Google to go through. Yeah, this would be an all-time high if it opened right here, right now. Yeah, I would just say, you know, your question is, is like, you know, last late July when we had the Q2 earnings. That, that was saw, Amazon's high moment. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and that was that, Google's high But it was also, so, and it was also That's Facebook. why I asked the question yeah, through guys. No, and, and it's a good question. And, and you know, they <laughs> no. spent the last three months consolidating below mm-hmm. those prior highs. I will say that in a very sneaky manner, Google and Facebook also made new highs just recently. And kind of telling you there's some pretty constructive price action there. i just say this one thing. So here we are. We essentially have two months left in the year, right? These stocks all are up about 30, 40% in Facebook's um, situation, 50% of the year. They're not giving up. 
between now and the end of the year, especially when you think about what's going on with the tax situation. If you have massive gains in these stocks, you are not selling in 2017, especially if you think there's a much better chance that you have lower tax rates in 2018. Look, I, you know, Google, their, their core business, pay clicks are up. Um, you've got YouTube, which is now monetizing in a way that we haven't seen and we've been waiting for. I think there's an enormous amount of leverage in that business. And as Guy pointed out, the valuation is one that, that to me makes it the most interesting. It's the most compelling buy. It's the one I can really cling to and say that I love core parts of their business. They're executing on them. And it's up 25% versus others that are up 30 or 40 or 50. Um, I think in the Amazon case, the fact that, that AWS is back up 42% and you've kicked up some growth there is really impressive. And let's face it, they are showing profitability. They are showing the, that, that earnings leverage in their core business. So um, Amazon, though, peaked last July and 1045 was the level to probably sell it. I, I think What's very interesting here is if this stock breaks through there, I, I do think it's got enough ammunition to get significantly higher. Yeah, the revenue guidance is pretty good for the fourth quarter for Amazon. And also, in terms of the retail side of the business, which obviously is a big part of the business, Whole Foods had five weeks in the quarter. They had $1.3 billion, $1 billion in sales for right. Whole Foods just for five weeks. Yeah, it just shows you the complete domination when Amazon comes in. And we talk about it every single night. But the domination, when they come into a category, they're going to win at any cost. And then they're still making money as they do that. I mean... The earnings number, forget that for right now, 52 cents versus whatever, 8 cents or something like that. But when you look at the revenue, you look at the strength, AWS is strong as well. The interesting thing I thought, that, again, if you look at forward PEs, you guys are talking about Google. I still go with Microsoft. Trading at a 21 PE and you look at the growth that they've got right now, they passed Google in terms of the competition in the world of cloud this quarter with this 20-plus billion dollars revenue rate run rate that they're in right now. They are just behind AWS, so they are digging their feet in and making sure that they are going to make a move in the cloud that's going to be very meaningful in the future. Obviously, this is, these are great results pretty much across the board. The stocks are flying in the after-hour session. This will probably mean a pop for tech overall in tomorrow's session. Yeah. But just a couple of days ago, we were talking about the outperformance, the, really, the, the strength in industrials. And now we're talking about strength in technology. Which is a good is there, thing. Is, right, is, which is a good thing. You have to make a choice here. Are you trying to sort of backdoor would you rather, or are you just... Because I, I, I think first, I think Google's going to front I think that... She knocked down the door. What are you going to do here, pal? I'm knocking at the front door, by the way. No, but just a few days ago, we were saying, you know what, maybe maybe this is the time for industrials to shine, and it's time for tech to take a breather, because if we are in a rising rate environment in which the economies are growing around the world, maybe industrials and other cyclicals are better bets. Yeah, I don't... Personally, I don't think you have to choose. And I do think industrials valuation-wise are still, still fair. And we've had industrial conversations for quite mm -hmm. some time now pointing out a number of different stocks. And real quick on Microsoft, I hear what Pete is saying. I think valuation-wise between Google and Microsoft, you sort of split in hairs a bit. But one thing did stand out with Microsoft, operating margins. This is... Did you hear that? It was like a trunk. It's all in your head. It's in your head. It like, you we're, we're heralding the points you're about to make, guy. So, so, I love how you have about my I cannot wait to hear. I cannot wait to hear what I was going to say. Operating margins 31.5%. If you look, and the street was down around, or I think actually their guidance was 28%. That's very impressive. And not that I want to sort of nitpick it here, but Alphabet's margins were slightly below consensus. Not a big deal but something to point out. I, I just, you know, this earnings season 
has been everything it was supposed to be with these on the whole, um, at least for most of the names that needed to do it. Mm -hmm. And it gets back to the point, is the market now uh, that we've got this extraordinary earnings base, it, it priced this thing quarters ago. You almost get the sense, and I think this has been the price action. We've, we, we, we had to earn the multiples. Well, now we're showing we can earn it. I, I think that markets that are basically priced to perfection can take these kinds of earnings numbers and make it very difficult at two to three weeks. Make it very difficult. Very difficult for stocks to move higher. You know, I mean, this is... We, oh, you don't think that this is reason to go higher? I, I, what I think is we've been struggling, even with great earnings in a number uh -huh. of sectors. We see maybe initial day pops. We've seen the overall market, I think, struggling for the last week or so, or at least some of these trends, to me, are, are concerning. Fantastic yeah, but numbers. It, the bars... But is, it speaks is to the consolidation. I mean, so you're talking about a sector that was already, you're saying, was fully valued, and it went sideways between Q2 and yes. Q3 for all intents and purposes. But we saw banks take off. We saw mm -hmm. industrials take off. So you had a nice rotation. Um, you know, I would, I'm kind of in your camp. I, I mean, I don't see another leg up this year because I think that this is what was expected. But you if see the, a leg lower because we just No, for the reasons place. I said before, also because of the tax situation, and I'll tell you one thing, I don't believe there's going to be sweeping tax reform. There may be cuts, and I think the, mo the easiest thing is to actually do repatriation, okay? And that benefits this group of stocks right there. So to me, I actually, I'm not telling you there's another leg up if we get that announcement, but I'm saying it definitely buoys them. All right, for a more technical look at the blowout tech earnings, let's go off the charts with Rich Ross of Evercore ISI. He's at the plasma to break it all down. Hi, Rich. Hi, Melissa. Look, it's Bachmanity Insanity in Silicon Valley. We've got strong earnings, strong charts, which make them strong buys. Let's go to the videotape here. We're going to show you those breakouts. Here's the after-hours action in Amazon. You don't need the green arrow to see the decisive nature of that move, but I give it to you anyway. Let's pull out. Look at that one-year chart here, okay? So here's this perfect setup where the stock sort of lying in the weeds here. Over the summer, you basically have this head and shoulders top. Basically, almost. What happens when the head and shoulders doesn't come to fruition, you get a very powerful move in the opposite direction. I think that move's going to take us up to 1250 on Amazon. I would be a buyer of the breakout post inning earnings. Keep in mind, strong seasonality for technology now, unlike the summer here where we had that weaker seasonality. So let's go to the next chart. We're going to look at Google here. Once again, you've got the big after hours pop. And similarly, when we look at the one year chart here, it's equally bullish, but in sort of a different way. Got a very trading range bound stock here. Now we've broken out in decisive fashion. The way we get our upside target, we take the height of this pattern. It's about $80. We project that out. It takes us up to 1080, 1100. So you're buying Google. And finally, we're going to go to the big boy here, Microsoft. You can see this big pop. Now we're going to go in the Wayback Machine. Okay, we're not going to look at a one year. We're going to look at a 20 year chart here of Microsoft. So a lot of people say, okay, look at the run that this stock's been on. I'm chasing. But you're not chasing in Microsoft. You're basing. It's 18 <laughs> years of a base here, okay? The stock in 2000 was at 60 bucks. We're at about 85 now. That's an average annual return of about 3% if my math is somewhere close. I think there's a lot more upside in Microsoft. 18-year base. You've got the earnings. You've got the breakout. You've got to buy it. If you had to choose, oh. Ooh, would you rather, rather? Which chart would you choose, Rich? I like Amazon. I love when a head and shoulders doesn't fail. When you don't get the breakdown, that neckline provides a very powerful springboard to higher prices. That's a stock that's going to see 1250 1300 on Amazon. I would buy it. Louise Yamada used to write the longer in space, space. the higher no, the, the place. The longer the, the base, runs, the, longer the, base ask, the higher in space. Can I ask a quick question? Yes, please. I understand the whole breakout of Amazon. I, I hear which wasn't the high back in June like 1080 give or take. So is there a chance... 
that we fail at these levels and potentially put in a short-term double top in the aforementioned Amazon? Uh, look, there's always a chance, but this stock has very powerful momentum now, and that was an exhaustive reversal. And once again, the seasonality was poor over the summer with that breakout. Now you're entering the strongest period of seasonality for the markets, for technology. With the wind at your back, the earnings are going to carry you higher, and that chart break is just the start of it. All right. Um, Rich, thanks. We're going to go around the horn here on these. Rich, by the way, is going to say the plasma the whole night. That's should. Yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. things can change wow. a lot on the conference calls. Um, in terms of what you might buy off of earnings right now, what would you buy? Well, I'm already committed. I'm long stock in Microsoft. I'm long calls in Microsoft. I, if, if I was looking right now, reading through all the different numbers, I, I think now Rich picked Amazon. I'll pick Microsoft. And the reason I say that is the breakout, I see another 10%. That puts it at maybe call it $88 a share. Mm -hmm. So I like what I'm looking at right now there. When I look at the growth factor, when I bring up that growth, when you look at Azure, and it's, it's, it's actually up 90% year over year. I mean, these numbers are absolutely staggering to me. That's what the focus is on. That's where the growth is coming from. And LinkedIn pitched in. So that, that's actually, I mean, it'll take a while to get all that money back, but it pitched in, I believe, a little over a billion dollars this quarter. So that's pretty big. Tim? Well, what, what I, you know, I, Sometimes I like to pile on Pete. Sometimes I actually on, don't, but I'm piling on. Nice. I, don't, I don't want to talk about Google because I talk about it a lot. I, I think let's talk about these numbers from Microsoft. Again, they were very important because they had strength across the board. The gross margins in and the commercial cloud were very important, showing that they're becoming you know, that much more able to operationally leverage. And the Windows profits dropped to the bottom line. So uh, Microsoft, on a multiple basis, this gets back to the age-old question, where is it supposed to trade? Mm. Um, I think these are numbers. If I looked at them all, I like these the best. Uh, I would just say the Amazon, you know, heading into the next year, um, this is one that probably has the least regulatory risk. As far as if you think about Google and Facebook, I think that's going to be a 2018 story and could keep those stocks at bay. Amazon's the one that people don't care about valuation. And, you know, you see consensus going from $4 in earnings up to $8.5 mm -hmm. in earnings, then $15 in 2019. And if those were ever real earnings that people kind of got behind, this is a much higher stock, um, you know, in 2018. I'm not saying to buy it here, but a couple of you guys said, does it fail at 10.50? If it stays in that consolidation in the year end, this could be a good setup for early 2018, in my opinion. Given the choice of the three names we just mentioned, I, I, Microsoft, I get, I think Alphabet proved itself again. I think the fact that it held 930 throughout the summer is encouraging. So G-O-O-G-L. All right, coming up, we're all over these after hours movers as the conference calls get underway. We will bring you the latest details as they break. You don't want to miss a minute. Plus, Jack is back as Twitter finally finding its groove as shareholders go wild for the stock. And could it be a buy sign for Snap? We'll explain. And later, the biotech beatdown continues. First it was Amgen, then Celgene. Now it's Gilead sinking in the after hour session. We'll bring you the latest details right after this break. Welcome back to Fast Money. Gilead sinking in the after hours session after reporting earnings. That conference call is underway. Meg Terrell's in the biotech blue phone back at headquarters with all the details. Hi, Meg. Hey, Mel. Uh, listening to the Gilead call here, they are in the Q&A now. Uh, on its face, Gilead third quarter looked pretty good, a beat on both the top and the bottom lines. The company also raising the lower end of its uh, 2017 product sales guidance. Uh, that Hep C number that everybody watches looking maybe slightly light, but basically in line. The beat was really driven by their HIV drug franchise. So what is driving the stock? 
dropped down 4% after hours. Well, if you dig into the numbers, as Umar Rafat did over at Evercore ISI, he points out that the implied fourth quarter uh, revenue from hepatitis C is looking pretty light. And if you add up the whole year, really, it's looking at an annualized run rate for Hep C, uh, their Hep C franchise, of about $5.4 billion versus consensus in 2018 of $6.9 billion. So people might be parsing through that and getting a little bit worried about the uh, further degrading of the hepatitis C franchise for Gilead. There's been a lot of questions about that on the call, as well as pricing, uh, as well as their new uh, cancer drug that they just got approved in their acquisition of Kite Pharmaceuticals. So all that happening on the call now, though, guys. Uh, this negative news, uh, apparently, for Gilead, really just following the uh, whole biotech trend. Uh, a lot of bad news this earnings season for biotech, guys. Yeah, and we sure saw the pressure on IBB today, Meg. Thank you, Meg Terrell, on the biotech blue phone for Gilead. And, of course, we saw the decline, as Meg had pointed out today, in shares of Celgene. Wow, what a sharp decline that we saw. And that really hurt the entire sector. Well, it's crazy. First of all, Gilead is now back to pre-kite levels. Okay, mm. so they've given up this fantastic, supposedly right. accretive M&A. Everyone wanted to see them. They're, you know, CAR-T. They're in the hot space. Um, HCV, we kind of knew that this business, that, now what Meg pointed out, that sounded very light. That didn't sound light. That sounded extreme. One and a half billion dollars for the year light. extremely light. light. <laughs> HIV is better. Um, I, I, I think people are concerned about M&A still. I, I think people still expect more to happen in this space, and they're not giving enough credit for that. And if it's going to happen, last night we had Carter Worth on, and he was giving us the charts in that stock. He liked where the charts were setting up right now in terms of Amgen. Amgen, yes. So even though they had some declines in sales, that actually leads me to start thinking about, we talked about the $41 billion last night. I think they're going to have to use that cash. And we look at Gilead and the pop they got out of the kite. Now it's starting to fade back down a little bit again. But still, that was a great acquisition for them that they needed oncology, cancer treatment. I actually think this Amgen chart starting to set up, as Carter was telling us. And I look at those numbers, Mel. I think that's room for M&A. We start to see more M&A. Maybe that starts to turn biotech around. So a week ago, Celgene, I think it was the 19th, Celgene came out and said they were going to discontinue, they had a drug in phase three, discontinue the trial. They paid a lot of money for that drug. The stock sold off in the aftermarket, right? Mm -hmm. And that happens. And, and I remember saying, and I've been, and I said then, the sell-off is overdone. The stock was trading, I think, 127 at the time. We've talked about Celgene for literally years. That was a week ago. Yeah. Now they report a quarter, which is a disaster. Now, I knew that they were going to report a week later. And, and not that I vocal, I didn't say this on the show that night, but I'm like, you know what? Quarter's going to be okay, because if the quarter's not going to be okay, why wouldn't they talk say about something? it tonight? Tonight being a week ago. Right. So my problem is, what did everything they said today, Celgene, they knew a week ago. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you package that all together? That's the problem I have. That's one of the first missteps they've taken in quite some time. And the stock, the company paid for it today. So how do you play Celgene now? Quite frankly, I'm not sure because I do think they sort of have to explain what happened in a week's time. They have a credibility but, issue now. In my opinion, they do now. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it would have been down 16% last Fine. week. I mean, so, what, but what, what's it what really matter? I mean, the, you know, like, well, I mean, that's it might have been down a lot more as a pre-announcement. I mean, you, so at the end of the day, I think you stick it. to your guns. Uh, you know, listen, you guys have had on single names, uh, Gilead, I know you've called it. You've, you've had the Celgene move on the way up. Um, IBB, you know, it was one all year long. You guys were talking when it breaks out of 300, it's going to be a big breakout. And, and you guys all got that right. Now on the way down, I think you really have to keep an eye out because the fundamental story has kind of shifted. I think you had a reversal in sentiment from 2015 into that election yeah. period and everything like that. And now maybe these guys, maybe the sector stays in, you know, in, in, the, in the dirt for a little bit. So to me, I think 300 is a big level. Well, I, I'd simply say that it, it doesn't turn overnight and the fundamentals in the sector still look very strong. All right.
Still ahead, we are all over the after-hours action right now. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft all soaring on their earnings reports. Alphabet's conference call underway. Amazon, Microsoft about to get started. We will bring you the very latest. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. This is a house that Jack built, y'all. Jack is back with shares of Square and Twitter surging. And the Twitter turnaround could mean it's time to buy shares of another social giant. We'll tell you which one. Plus, the traders are eyeing four stocks to buy. And they'll name names when Fast Money returns. Wow, that is one ugly chart. Check out shares of Mattel tanking nearly 20% after our suspending its dividend. The company pointing to the Toys R Us bankruptcy for its big miss. Um, Tim, I have to go to you on this one, unfortunately. Yeah, well, look, this is, was a turnaround story that was turning around for a while, and then they've not only run into, I think, secular issues, but management to me, I mean, they, they, they've really miscommunicated where their business is. On this call, they say, we are clearly, the, the, the word was clearly not going to make the targets we said in June, and, and that sounds awful. They've removed the dividend, and, and again, the punishment here is this was at one point a 6.5% dividend stock, uh, and it looked fine. Their balance sheet isn't terrible, but all they talk about is cutting costs, but their core brands are, are just not holding ground. So um, these are the secular issues that I think this company is facing. Toys R Us bankruptcy is a major hit. This is why these guys are saying this is short-term stuff, but it's hard to believe what these guys say. I mean, this is the guys talking about credibility with management teams. You know, these guys have continually misassessed their business, and, mm. and you know, it's a, it's a big move. All right. Uh, we turn now to a big earnings winner today. That would be Twitter. The stock is up nearly 20 percent, having its best day in more than a year as it broke through 20 bucks a share of the social media company, adding four million new users impressing the street. The move giving Snap a boost, too. And check out these two stocks. Despite the move today, Twitter is down 21 percent since its IPO with a market cap of 15 billion dollars. Meantime, Snap is down 15% from its IPO with a similar market cap of $17 billion. So is Twitter's sudden surge a good sign for Snap? Are these two names about to become social climbers? Let me just talk about Twitter for one second. I think there's a couple really good things. The fact mm-hmm. that this stock had such a strong reaction to just 4 million uh, monthly active users, uh, again, on that. We're you not, don't think it was short covering, though? What, what I'm saying is they basically conditioned investors, in my opinion, not to expect you know, 10 million, 12 million. These were they some did of the that numbers. two years ago. I, I understand, but the stock kept on going down 10, 15% after every quarter that reported over the last year or so. So now we, maybe it's a short squeeze. I don't know. The only thing I'll just say to this, okay, end of the day is a $12.5 billion enterprise value versus Snapchat at about 12 and a half or something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I think that Twitter may be coming out of something and Snap may be trying to figure a lot of stuff out. We've just seen all the headlines about spectacles, about Evan Spiegel and the messaging, that sort of thing. So I actually believe that Snap is going to come out eventually, uh, but it may take some time as Twitter has. Yeah. So you don't, you're not a believer I'm not a believer in, in Snap yeah. at all, and I think Twitter, part of it is a 57 million short stock shares yeah. in there that, that absolutely added, I think, to today. But on top of that, they actually had some pretty decent numbers. And I'm not talking about the ads. I'm talking about the click-through ad and the video investment that they've made, which brings me back to what does that read-through is Facebook. 
I feel like Facebook and the investment in video and how much that's been something that Zuckerberg's put out there. I still think Snap is losing to Instagram. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I mean, over time, it's going to tell out. But I still think Instagram is dominating that space. Yeah, I, look, I actually agree with what Dan's saying, despite pushing back right. on a little bit. In, in that, well, again, you've had four, four consecutive quarters now of double-digit user growth, which isn't anything to do cartwheels over, but they're being rewarded for it. Um, the product innovation, not crazy innovative, but it's starting to work. And I think they are gaining ways to actually keep people engaged for longer. Monetization is still a big deal. But. Revenue being on Twitter I thought was impressive. I thought, yeah. you know, we talked about it over the summer. Maybe something's, maybe they're starting to turn the corner a bit. But quickly, to Pete's point, stock traded 100, I think, in 20, 112 million shares today. Typically trades 12 million shares. So <laughs> a lot of the shorts that Pete talked about got squeezed today. The bad news is, you know, we didn't take out the high we saw back in July, which was right either side of $21. So if you enjoyed this move over the last couple of weeks, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking some money off the table and Twitter and looking for another entry point lower. All right. Well, Peter mentioned Facebook. It is set to report earnings next week. The options market implying some pretty big moves to the tech giant. So, Dan, what are you looking at? Yeah, so it's interesting. Into tonight's reports, I mean, the options market was implying like a 3% move um, for Amazon, for Google, below what they've been averaging over the last four quarters. But in Facebook's uh, situation, it's implying a pretty decent move, 4.5% in either direction. And that's versus 3% over the last four quarters. So, to me, that's kind of interesting. It's showing a little bit of hesitation, possibly, on traders um, as we had in do it. Call volume today was two times that of puts. Um, I want to throw a chart up there. I mean, we know that obviously Amazon, um, Facebook, and Google are all now back very near their 52-week highs. Look at this Facebook chart just to give kind of Carter Worth a little love here. He's been highlighting this one as just a mean, mean uptrend. Look at the consolidation over the last few months since the last quarter. You have a beat and raise. This thing's going much higher. I know Pete's going to give a little giddy up to that. By I got the, some giddy up for yeah, him on that. By the that. way, it's up 1.6% after hours today, <laughs> right. Facebook. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'll tell you what, one of the things that stuck out about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, somebody went out and bought the November eight, 180s, 20,000 of those, selling puts as well, rolling from October 175s, November 180s. Somebody thinks this thing's got room to the upside. I'm one of them. I'm not in it right now. I took off position. I think I want to get back in on the bullish side. All right, for more options action, check out the full show tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Still ahead, $2 trillion worth of tech stocks reporting earnings tonight. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Intel all higher after hours. We've got full team coverage of those conference calls. Josh Lipton on Alphabet. That call well underway. Jackie DeAngelis and John Fort are in the newsroom covering Amazon and Microsoft. Those calls kicking off in just a few moments. Dom Chu is listening in on Intel. We'll bring you the very latest on all of those stocks when a very busy Fast Money continues. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Wynn Resorts. Let's get to Leslie Picker in the newsroom. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Melissa. That's right. The conference called just ending a beat on the top and bottom line for Wynn. And yet, investors were not impressed. Shares trading down a little bit in the after hours. The Macau business showing some weakness there with lower rates at the Wynn Macau. And the first question on the call centered around investors, quote, nitpicking over that region. And the ever colorful CEO, Steve Wynn, said, quote, if someone wants to nitpick, they're free to do it. As for Las Vegas, this was the first earnings call since the mass shooting earlier this month at Mandalay Bay. Wynn said the tragedy had no effect whatsoever on his company, but added that the presumed shooter was a frequent customer of Wynn Hotels, and the community is still searching for a motive. We have nothing to add to the explanation of why this maniac did what he did, other than he just had a screw loose that snapped or something. But as to the, what other hotels are doing, 
I'm sure that in every executive suite up and down the Strip and in Reno and everywhere else and in hotels around the country, everybody's trying to figure out is there a way uh, to use local parlance to lower the odds of a repeat. He added that they took action a few years ago, speaking with consultants and even Ray Kelly, the former police commissioner of New York City, to try and prevent someone from using their property to attack others, Melissa. All right, Leslie, thank you. Leslie Picker on win. Uh, Pete, I go to you on this one. Yeah, I own the stock, and I, I agree with what Steve Wynn was saying, which is the nitpicking yeah. of what's going on with the numbers from Macau. And actually, you look at the overall numbers, the revenue numbers year over year up 45%, Macau up at 21%. I mean, I think the numbers looked fine. Uh, the stock has made an incredible run. We all know that, particularly in the last couple of months where the this thing is, is not good enough. Yeah, although we'll see tomorrow. I mean, mm -hmm. it's already been volatile in the post market. It was down about four or five dollars initially. And now it's already kind of bounced back towards where it flattened out today. So we'll see. I, I th look, I think, you're, I think they are absolutely in the sweet spot in the Vegas cycle. And that business is crushing it. Yes. I, I do think that they've been given a bigger multiple on Macau. And typically the way analysts do this is they they do a blended of the Las Vegas business and the Macau business. And so nitpicking is fair when you think that the composite multiple is reflective of that. The, the, the cycle here in the States, um, despite the, the, the horrific event in, in Nevada, uh, are, it's unbelievable for these guys. I mean, the casinos are, are raging, and you have a lot of wealth creation, uh, and these guys are right in the middle of it. So the question is the multiple. And, Mel, the one thing I'd add to that is if we saw a sell-off like a Home Depot, because I think these numbers are good, yeah. another buy for me. How I much? Would add what, to give it. me a percent. Uh, if it was down like 5% or something like that, I would absolutely be a buy. You know, we were out there with Mr. Wood. Dan, yeah. we were the three of us sitting yeah. right there. Yeah. We took Never. it up. And he talked about He was more excited about the Las Vegas business, if you recall. Well, there we are, yucky. Than he was. So that's yeah. us yucking it up. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that beautiful right suit. That's fantastic. Wow. Crack staff in EC. But the point is, Tim is right. Obviously, I think the Macau business is probably twice that in terms of revenue in Las Vegas. But he was thrilled with what's going on in Vegas. Yeah. Room for growth. I don't think the multiple of 22 and a half, 23 times is that expensive. And if it opens higher today, by the way, it didn't give back all of today's gains right now. Only gave back about half of them. I still think the stock grinds higher. All right, still ahead. It is a tech earnings extravaganza tonight. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, and Intel all on the move in the after-hour session. Those conference calls are underway. We'll bring you the very latest headlines that are moving those stocks. And it wouldn't be tech earnings without instant analysis from Gene Munster. He's all fired up. Manny, the red phone. We will take, get his take on quarters and which names he is buying. More Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Let's get back on today's uh, tech earnings, Bonanza, Intel, and Alphabet. Two of the names reporting after the bell. Dom Chu and Josh Lifton have been listening in on those earnings calls for us. So let's start with Dom on what Intel CEO had to say about the quarter. Dom. All right. So Intel, very much one of these large mega cap technology companies, more mature in its life phase, that's trying to really reinvent itself to kind of get things turned around towards growth businesses. They did make a point of emphasizing the fact that data-centric businesses now represent a large, a very large chunk of the Intel business. It's something that Intel CEO Brian Krasanich spoke about during the conference call, and here's what he had to say about just how big it is. Our data-centric businesses grew 15% year-over-year, reaching 45% of our revenue, proving that Intel is becoming a data-centric company. We saw strong cloud growth outgrew the comm service provider in market. And while the enterprise decline moderated sequentially, we still see workloads moving to the cloud. 
All right, so the Internet of Things business, record revenues there. Some of the memory businesses, record revenues there. Also the data center as well. They also spend a good amount of time talking about the autonomous driving side of things. A lot of growth there. Obviously, they bought Mobileye, a big player in that business. But the first question in Q&A from the analyst just about 10 minutes ago was about artificial intelligence. So it just goes to show you guys how much a lot of these analysts out there are looking to see what Intel can do with those growth areas of the business. The PC business is also big. Remember also the biggest part of that business, we'll see if that gets any more attention. And remember, we're gonna get a lot more color on this because Bob Swan, the CFO at Intel himself, is gonna be first on CNBC tomorrow morning joining that Squawk Alley crew. We'll see what he has to say in terms of clarifying what they think is the most important part, guys. Back over to you. All right, Dom, thanks. Dom Chu here at the NASDAQ. Now, Dan, along with Pete, you've been bullish Intel, but you're now out. As of Tim, and you know all the reasons that they just mentioned, X, the data center, all these growth areas, they've been, I don't know, they spent $33 billion in acquisitions over the last few years to get into these emerging technologies. So to me, that was the play. I think it was underappreciated by the street. The stock was just too cheap, especially relative to the valuations that companies were getting bought for. And I think when you think about 2018, it's still a cheap stock. So why I sold last week at about 40 and a half, I didn't really want to take the risk into the quarter. But I think you probably see somewhat of a consolidation in the low 40s and then you buy for the new year. That's my take. The self-driving car uh, aspect being the technology in Waymo, right? I mean, that's pretty interesting. I mean, in terms of the multiple afforded to the self-driving well, car and, chips. And, and that's it. So the entire space, people found a reason to put whatever multiple they want on the semiconductors. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to Rich Ross. I mean, for a while, this stock you weren't chasing, it was basing. And then it broke out. <laughs> uh, how am I doing, Rich? Um, bottom line here is this is a company that in the mega cap space does offer some value. Uh, the fact that service and, and uh, you know, the data center is, is roughly 60% of that High growth business for them. It is starting to move the needle, and it's reason to be excited. All right, now let's get to Josh Lipton in San Francisco. Alphabet's earnings call wrapping up just moments ago. So, Josh, why don't you break it down for us? So, Melissa, Google CEO Sundar Pichai began the call by really laying out his vision for this company, his focus on AI and how that technology is going to help define his products and his partnerships. Take a listen. Consumers can already experience how AI allows them to interact with computing more naturally than ever before. Computers are adapting to people rather than people needing to adapt to computers. Fundamental to this experience is Google Search and the Assistant. We introduced the Assistant last year, and it continues to get better every day, helping people get things done in the real world. Walmart and Target have recently integrated with Google Home which means you can order everyday items from them much more easily. Now, Sundar Pichai, also in the call, Melissa talked about some of the different business lines. He mentioned YouTube, which he said was having, his words, phenomenal growth, 1.5 billion users who spend 60 minutes a day on mobile, 100 million hours of watch time in the living room every day, a big jump year over year. He mentioned Google Cloud and how he thinks technology there is going to be what sets him apart from the competition from Amazon and Microsoft. Of course, it was just yesterday Google announced that new partnership with Cisco in the cloud and also with hardware. in Pachai's words, they remain seriously committed to hardware. He thinks they can take advantage of AI software and hardware. He said Google Pixel pre-orders double what they were last year. Melissa, back to you. All right, Josh. Thank you, Josh Lipton in San Francisco. Well, it wouldn't be tech earnings without our Fast Money friend Gene Munster. He was monitoring the Alphabet call on his red phone. So, Gene, what do you make of the call so far? 
Well, the Google call just wrapped up, and I'm going to give you one point that we've all been talking about, and then a couple points from the call. Josh touched on some of this, but the first best revenue growth in the past three years for Google, so that's impressive. From the call, they're going to be doing everything in AI, like we said. This is like a race to see which CEOs can talk more about AI. We'll count the number of times he mentioned that on the call tonight. But the bottom line, this is a really big deal for investors because the more that they can embed AI and really become an AI platform in the long haul, they can keep that revenue growth up. So that's kind of uh, that's Google. And let me just give you one quick, uh, a couple quick takeaways from Amazon. Is that the revenue, the guidance for the December quarter up five percent, excluding Whole Foods, compares to a one percent positive guidance in the last quarter. And so that's more optimistic. What they're seeing, and they just talked about this on the call, is they sign up a boatload of Prime users on Prime Day in the summer, and those users typically spend three or four x more. And so they can kind of model how that plays into the holiday quarter here. So good news for Amazon. All right, uh, Gene, thanks for, for those thoughts. I want to go back to Google just moments ago. I'm on the Fast Money Twitter feed, and on it, you have a lot of great comments. You seem really excited about YouTube. I mean, this is pretty staggering. YouTube, mobile usage is an hour a day, and it's getting 100 million daily hours of watching every day, up 70%. And the extrapolation is what, Gene, for the rest of the space? Well, I, I just want to even, uh, point that even further, is that that's 100 million hours per day in the living room. So that's with people with a connected wow. TV. Actually, mobile usage is probably close to a billion hours a day. I mean, these are just crazy numbers. The impact is this, is they really haven't figured out how to fully monetize YouTube. And obviously, uh, video is a great platform for advertising. They keep experimenting with ads, but I think this is going to be a growth. We believe that the user growth was 30%, so this outpaces the overall Google growth. I think that this is going to be just an iron horse for their growth for the years to come. All right, we've got to say goodbye to you now, Gene, so I've got to get your grades on each quarter, <laughs> Amazon and Alphabet. What are your grades? I'm going to give, uh, surprisingly here, uh, Google an A and Amazon an A-. And the reason why Google gets an A, best growth rate in three years, I think that's fantastic. And the reason why I'm giving uh, not a perfect score to Amazon, well, it's a great quarter, is that their unit growth uh, slightly missed the street. It was plus 25 versus plus uh, 27. I'm, uh, I'm a hard grader here, but that, that's how I see it. All right. Gene, thanks. Great to see you. Gene Munster of Loop Ventures. Who agrees with Gene on those grades? I Okay. Well, I do. And, and yeah. again, think about this. $700 billion market cap growing at 24% a year, trading at a multiple somewhere around there. I mean, that to me is the greatest combination. As Gene pointed out, they still haven't even really figured out how to monetize this thing. Right. Meanwhile, YouTube is going after the over-the-top. People are, that's, you know, they're, they're, they're another competitor in that space. Yeah. We alluded to that at the top of the show in terms of, uh, in terms of Alphabet. Ask Pete. You know, Pete comes you, in. You want from me to ask Pete? Why don't you just ask Pete? Because <laughs> oh, I'm not the. I like. You could go across the table to okay, me. So at, tell me what to so ask. Well, Pete. Ask Pete, who comes <laughs> in from <laughs> Minnesota. Do you want to tell me what guy ask says him, to you, and then I'll tell him Pete? What he, ask him what he did last time when he got home from the show. Pete, what I did do you not do have last a television here. When you got home from the show. So when I come out to New York, where I no longer live, uh, I live up in Connecticut, but I don't have a television up there, so I'm really in the street. So I watch YouTube. Several hours worth, so I'm wow, adding to this so whole you're thing. you're that guy. Right, I am that guy, except for much more than one hour. And I'll tell you, a video, we brought it up earlier with Twitter, brought it up with Facebook, and obviously YouTube. The mobile idea behind this whole thing, what a growth area that is, along with hardware for Google.
Very impressive. There's a really easy answer, though. I just say, you know, this is really YouTube, the only social property that Google has. When you think about it, they have seven uh, properties that have a billion active users. They need Twitter. Acquisition. They need Twitter. I mean, this is, when you think about, in, in, in this company, Google's up in market cap terms more than uh, Twitter's enterprise value. So how do you move video around the web? How do you do it in a mobile platform? You do it with something like Twitter. And they got no debt. The I'll talk to the they camera. Just say it to the camera. Well, tell Google Oh, I right thought now. you told him to tell to the camera. Yeah, that's I'm what sorry. he was doing. Yeah. I mean, and they got 95 I've been saying this for two years. Tell to Pete, and Pete will tell yeah. to Guy. Anyway, <laughs> what are the implications on traditional media? We always, we're taught, we talk about Disney all the time and the impact of cord cutters. Streaming you know, TT, Comcast had earnings. The parent of this network had earnings out this morning. AT&T got Exactly. So, well, again, you know, you're watching the World Series last night, and YouTube's overwhelming you with these ads of how you can basically, for 35 bucks, get anything you want, including live live sports. So right. it, it puts it in perspective for people that just want to make it very simple. And I do think they're a major threat. Still ahead, check out Amazon and Microsoft both soaring after hours. Those conference calls are underway. We're bringing the very latest when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. <laughs> Microsoft and Amazon soaring after hours. John Ford, Jackie DeAngelis have been monitoring those conference calls. So, John, let's start with you. Well, Melissa, Satya Nadella, the CEO's message on this conference call, we got more where that came from. Here's how we started out the call. I'm proud of our team's work behind these results that spanned all of our segments. We now have 120 million monthly active users of Office 365 commercial, we have more than 530 million LinkedIn members. Dynamics 365 customers grew 40% year over year. Azure compute usage more than doubled this quarter and revenue grew 90%. And Windows 10 commercial monthly active devices grew 90% year over year. The case he's making, uh, margins are up two points year over year. Usage is up. Engagement is up on these projects. Uh, he even focused in on gaming, saying that esports and streaming, a particular area of growth in that category, guys. All right, John, thank you. John Fort covering Microsoft for us. Uh, let's get straight to Amazon here, surging in the after-hour session as well. Highest level in three months. Jackie D'Angelo has been listening to that earnings call. Jack. A good evening to you, Melissa. That's right. Amazon blowing past expectations on many fronts, not just the top and bottom line. Amazon Web Services, that's Amazon's version of the cloud. It was a particular segment of the business that everyone was watching in the quarter. Revenue, $4.58 billion. It was higher than expectations for that business and a blowout number. Here's what the CFO had to say. Revenue growth was uh, the same as Q2, um, and now we're at an $18 billion run rate, uh, whereas last quarter when I had this uh, call, we were at $16 billion. So very pleased with the customer response uh, in the AWS business as well. Um, and usage growth is actually growing a lot higher than revenue growth. So, um, you know, particularly pleased with the new customers that we've added and the additional workloads that we've picked up from, from existing customers. Melissa, it's a competitive part of the business. They've been working at it since 2006 and making some significant strides. Back to you. Jackie, thank you. And uh, I know we said goodbye to Gene Munster, but he's got something to add on Prime. Mm. So, uh, Gene, we'll go back to you in Minneapolis. Yeah, Melissa, this whole concept of what they've done with Prime Day, just stroke of genius, created a holiday in the middle of summer for all of us to buy stuff and then sign up these new Prime users. And as I mentioned, is this probably added somewhere, my back of the envelope is around 2 to 3 million new Prime users. So that's going to get us into the low 70 millions. 
but again, those spend probably 4x, 3 to 4x more than a non-prime user. So essentially, they got these people who are just buying into the system, and then they're talking on the call now about new benefits that they're going to offer prime members for Whole Foods. And so basically, a membership to the store. So you're just going to be able to buy more fresh stuff and get discounts. So uh, a lot of good things coming out uh, if you're a prime member on this call. All right. I think we're all prime members here, except for maybe Guy. Um, thanks, Gene. Gene Munster of Loop Ventures. Um, and then t they also recently announced that they're selling these in-house cameras so that people can come in and drop off packages. So it's e they're trying what to make it even... What could go wrong there? <laughs> cameras so that you can see the person wrong? drop the package in your home. So they have so access. Not... They have access to you. Yeah, they, that they... Anyway, I'm with you. Anyway, they want to make buying via prom frictionless. Yeah, they want to make everything frictionless. I mean, like you, whatever service that you can think of that you're paying someone else for on a monthly basis, think of it in five years. It's going to be wrapped up in Prime at some point. It could be your wireless service. It could be your cable. It could be original content, that sort of thing. I mean, that's where it's going. And so when you see that sort of Prime growth that they've been displaying, yeah. they're getting, you know, this is a company that's expected to do $200 billion in sales, up from 135. So next year, 200, up from 135 billion last no, I, I totally agree with that. The, the, the pushback, if we want to do it, I mean, think of Whole Foods. Whole Foods was a business that was, yeah, once it was for sale, everybody wanted it, but it was dying. Uh, it was a business that wasn't a particularly sexy business. They had no growth. So they've gone in there. They've gone. They've had to become less asset light. Um, and a lot of the margins, at least, ultimately, are things that you should be worried about in the longer run. This is still going to be the crux for this company. AWS Acceleration I think is the most impressive part about this this quarter. I think it's less about the core business. Yeah, I mean, up 42% is pretty right. impressive. Absolutely. And I go back to Microsoft again, just because when you listen to Satya Nadella and the excitement they've got in terms of growth, not just, you know, the Azure and 90% there, but then you go over and you look at, at something like the Windows 10 and the active users, they are killing it. And it seems to me like that trajectory is enough to really push this thing yeah, higher. I, I, Absolutely. Just, listen, you know, you've been right. You've been long the stock. The stock just rallied 8% into this report here or so off of, like, let's say the September lows. I, I just think, listen, I, I know you love growth and you talk about growth. Yeah. And people are willing to pay a certain multiple for Amazon's 25% growth, Google's 20% sales growth. Microsoft is probably never, ever going to be a double-digit revenue grower again. It's just never going to be, okay? So to me, I think at 24 times, I, I think it's a little I completely disagree with you because okay? I think your vision for what they're doing in the cloud is absolutely skewed. And even this, how about this? Even the PC area was something growing for them. How about video when you're talking about the streaming and gaming? One of the things that's hurting Tim's Mattel right now is video gaming, and that's what's killing it as well. Thanks, Pete. Well, sorry. <laughs> Up next, that's final good. trade. What we do here. Final trade. <laughs> Pete. Talked about it all night. Microsoft going higher. Tim. Big Rocktoberfest, a leg to stand on. Great charity. See you tonight. Rocktoberfest. Right. Dan. I'm a seller his Microsoft. Good luck. Buy it back <laughs> Best of luck to you, bro. So aggressive to go against his <laughs> Late aggressiveness by Dan Nathan. Exxon Mobil <laughs> report tomorrow morning before the bell. On weakness, you buy it. On strength, you add. Ooh. 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 I'm Melissa huh. Lee. Thanks so much for watching. See you back here tomorrow at 5 for more Fast. Meantime, Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.